All right, here we go. Sportsbook Radio for a Thursday, powered by Station Casinos. I'm Dana Lane, along with Stevie Slapshot. How you doing, buddy? Doing okay. Doing okay? I got my, I got my oil change this morning. Although, this, this weather, what what's going on in town? Man, I almost got blown off the road driving over to the place to get my oil change. I'm fine. I, I have to tell you this. I'm the only one in my whole subdivision, I guess. I'm, I'm right up against the mountain. And, of course, we get every weather that a, anything that comes, we, we get it first. But I, I'm the guy. I'm, like, inflatable crazy. And, and <laughs> yeah, what I mean by that is, you know what? Like, at Christmas time, everybody, everybody puts out inflatables. You're right. Like, okay, well, we don't stop at Christmas. Okay, so not only am I are we inflatable family, but we're also Disney family as well. So we have some Disney St. Patrick Day inflatables. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not St. kidding. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. I, there's no, I have never seen anyone decorate the yard for St. Patrick's Day. You do. Uh, not only do we decorate the yard, we have a little thing on our door, and we have a, a shamrock hanging from our trees. And I mean, and, and you're not even close to being Irish. No, 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 a little bit. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, you know, you're a mix. I love Notre Dame. <laughs> so my wife gets this. She gets this great um, tablecloth. Okay. Of course, you can find anything on Amazon, right? And, and it's got you know uh, the shamrock on it. And, and I'm thinking, I mean, we can actually keep this all year round because this is gonna this is gonna run right in the football season. I'm gonna be, you know. More more than happy to have shamrocks around the house. This is this is me trying to get my Notre Dame stuff in the actual living room. Okay, because if she knew what was going on, uh, she wouldn't have anything of it. And, and right. you know, when I put my helmet on the mantle, that's when she's going to know. But anyway, <laughs> a lot's going on with the Knights today. We'll go through that. Uh, Danny Webster will join us a little bit later. We'll talk about uh, all the uh, all the news that's coming out. Uh, Buffalo right now, and of course tonight is Jack Eichel night, as it's dubbed in Buffalo. Eichel Fest. Eichel Fest. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what our buddy Mike Carrington called it. Uh, we're gonna have a. I, I hope we get to see the video tribute. Oh, you'll, th- there will be one. Uh, now, now, Mike said there's probably going to be booing in Buffalo. Uh, according to Elliot Friedman this morning, Elliot said. There will be a video tribute, but it will come from the standpoint uh, less about what he did with the Sabers and more of what he did with the with the cancer hospitals and the kids. Oh, okay. And this and that. So we'll see. We'll oh. see what's going on. Okay. Um, rundown today. Uh, of course, UNLV is playing Wyoming two thirty uh, this afternoon Pacific time at the Thomas and Mac. That's their first game of the Mountain West Conference tournament. And of course, uh, UNLV hockey. We had Anthony Vigneri Greener, the head coach, on the other day. They're in the ACHA national tournament, which is a you know, I mean, if you haven't seen UNLV hockey play, which judging by the amount of people in the arena, I can't believe there's too many. Uh, but they will play the winner of Pittsburgh and Navy tomorrow morning, and we'll get an update as we come on into the studio. But right now, uh, Pittsburgh leads Navy 3-1, to one, so there's your ACHA update. Uh, on today's show, Josh Criswell will uh, join us. He's a beat writer for the Wyoming Cowboy basketball team. Uh, he writes for the Tribune Eagles, or Eagle, and Laramie Boomerang. He'll talk about the big matchup today. Uh, according to Station Casinos, this is a pick 'em, and if you watched your last game, that's not too hard to uh, to imagine. One thirty-five to total, and of course later on the Vegas Hockey Hotline, Nick Alberga will join us. NHL Radio Network, NHL 
TV. He's involved with uh, with fantasy, and we'll ask him about the Golden Knights and the overall thoughts uh, around the league. And of course, as I mentioned, Danny Webster will be on talking about the Golden Knights and a lot to talk about. But first, I want to welcome in sports betting columnist for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, he's a one-time breakfast friend, but we we text and we talk quite a bit, so I feel like he's more than that. But I've only seen the man in person once. Let's welcome to the podium Mr. Todd Dewey. Todd, how are you doing today? Thanks for joining us. Doing great. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me in a early happy St. Paddy's Day to yeah, you. Yeah, well, believe me, there's more uh there's more stuff coming. <laughs> Todd, Todd, how much how much St. Paddy's stuff is out on your lawn? <laughs> I don't have it out quite yet. I have an old school uh, Joe Montana Irish jersey tucked away in a drawer somewhere. That's oh, God, oh, I thought you were going to say you had a. I thought you were going to say you had a Montana inflatable out front. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I I did get to take down all the Christmas lights. <laughs> yeah, I, I finally got to that, so I'm not one of those guys. But, uh, I do. Yeah. I do have neighbors. I have one neighbor that's still, and, and they're not fooling anybody because I can still see their lights up. Um, Keep it up all year round. I, I don't know what's going on, but then they put the white ones up, you know, like it's uh, some sort of illumination for summer or something. But uh, the problem is they still have the inflatable dog out front with the Santa hat, and that uh, that really does not uh, equal the transition into the summer. But we, we appreciate their efforts, and I, I think we're just crushing the rest of the neighborhood. Anyway, Todd, a lot of things I want to go over today with you. Um, and again, I, we talked about this yesterday, and I just want to talk about it because I know Brian would would love, you know, Brian Blessing would love to talk about this. This would be the first thing that he would bring up. But talk to me about the Players' Championship and and what you see happening. And I, and I just want to preface by saying this is not a sport that I follow, so please, please, I'm leaning on you to uh, to, to allow this show to sound smart. <laughs> that's the wrong thing to do but uh well yeah they just suspended play because of all the pouring rain right but the, the fifth official unofficial fifth major you know john rom last week had that missed happen that made all of us hackers feel good about ourselves that we can relate to the world's number one player when uh i don't know if you saw him miss that gimme putt last week at the arnold palmer yeah. I, I didn't see it. I've seen him miss some gimmies before. Is it, is that an issue with him? Oh, good job, Steve. I, I didn't know you. <laughs> That's good, man. I thought I was. I thought I was alone, and and you know about this stuff. Good. No, I don't think so. It was just uh, he just like missed a ten inch, you know, tapping. So everyone, uh, we could all relate to that. That you know, I hack it up a little. So, uh, but but that didn't stop you know odds makers from making him the clear favorite to win this week. He is the world's number one player and golf's unofficial fifth major because of the great field that they have but there's so many good players that that could win um and right now uh you know he's two under and they have a few guys at four under but they, they suspended play because of rain did i i so saw we're gonna have to see what happens i saw matsuyama pulled out this morning before he teed off does, does that affect the odds in any way todd Oh, well, if he didn't tee off, uh, then, you know, all bets are, are refunded. No, I, I get that. Yeah. I just I just wondered if, if – now, I, I don't – Yeah, if they shuffled I, the rest of the – Right. Yeah. And, and, and is uh, is there in play in golf right now, uh, especially on a tournament like this, like the, the, the fifth major, there's there's more interest than just your normal PGA Tour event. Would, would there be in play action in this event? 
You know, I'm not sure about that. I know they do it on all the majors, of course, the Masters every day. You could just uh, bet on guys in play and uh, maybe in the final round. Um, good question. I'm not quite sure. They don't usually do it for every tournament. I know, you know, when a couple of them have gone to playoffs, they'll put up a line on the playoff in recent weeks. Um, but uh, I- I'm not sure. I don't think they have the in-play up. Uh, for this weekend on this, I, I will. I'll. I'll give you some input. Okay. This is my golf input. Uh, looking at the stations app right now, the STN app, uh, there is no in play. Now I know. Don't know if that has to do with the fact that they're not playing right now, but I would assume uh, there would be some adjusted prices, and uh, there's nothing up there, so uh, maybe that's accurate. Um, hey, Todd. The other thing too is when when you sent over uh, some of the things that you were working on, the one thing that really jumped out at me. And I know there's a, a story behind this, and I'm eager to hear. Uh, behind the, you are, you're writing a story about behind the sports books uh, or, or the belief that the sports books take equal action on games to guarantee a profit. What, what is that all about? And am I right in assuming that means sometimes they, that's not the goal? Yeah, well, I'm sure if you guys heard, you know, people, oh, all the all the point spread is the books just want equal action on both sides, and then they lock in a profit with the juice. You know, I've, I just I got a couple uh, emails from readers recently and over the years asking me about that, and a lot of people out there, you know, uh, that I've spoken with, you know, obviously people that aren't into the betting industry too much, believe that that's the case, and. And so I just decided to explore it. Uh, it was a little downtime, talked to some of the sportsbook directors, and, and they said that's definitely not the case, that that's kind of almost a myth, urban legend, fallacy, that it would be great in theory if uh, the books could balance uh, action on each side and just collect the juice on every game. But, but it's never uh, the case in reality, and especially when you attach all the parlays and teasers to every game. There's no way that they could have – equal action on each side and win on either side so what the books try to do instead is to align themselves with the sharp betters and be on the same side as the sharps and so even if uh, they're unbalanced or the betting public is a lot more money on one side if if the books are on the sharp side they're fine with that so you're saying that I mean, there are books. I mean, look, I've been doing this, you know, 29, 30 years. I've been looking at numbers forever, you know, ever since I was in sixth grade. And there are numbers that jump out to you. You hear people say it all the time. Well, that doesn't look right. And you can't go down the injury list and kind of point to why any specific injury. It's just kind of a number that's off. And I see that a little bit in the NHL. Sometimes I chalk that up to the fact that uh, you can't watch everything. And, and, you know, turns out there are some soft numbers as you get deeper into the uh, levels of, of, uh, you know, sports as far as what people follow. But definitely when we're talking about the NBA or or the NFL, I mean, there are are numbers that come out that is head-scratching. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, the the Denver Nuggets number uh, tonight after – um, you know, a, a good effort or not a good effort didn't cover the other or did cover the other night. Sorry, um, and then tonight it's only three and a half, and you're kind of scratching your head a little bit. You're like, well, look, you, I mean, you just handled it, or you just at least covered against this team, and now you're a three and a half point favorite. I mean, it's it, it's something to me that's a little bit head scratching, and it makes me feel as if you know they do want you to take a side because they have a side. 
Yeah, well, I mean, there's definitely times that they do try, if they're really lopsided on the game, they'll try to balance it. Like, you know, in the, in the Super Bowl, and there's $10 million on one side at one book from, uh, and, and, you know, when there's a $10 million bet on a team in the Super Bowl, they'll, they'll try to adjust the line to get action on the other side. Obviously, that's not the case in this game. I'm not sure in the NBA there's a lot of, a lot of it comes down to the tra- the schedule and the travel. As you know, I know Denver is playing back to back tonight after uh, playing at Sacramento last night. So maybe that's the reason for the difference in the line. But um, yeah, yeah, there's definitely times where where they try to uh, get some balance. But but in general, my you know my uh, the column was just trying to explore that that a lot of people just kind of think that they're able to do this on every game and just have equal action and just take the juice all the time. And, and you know, that's not the case. Yeah. But the, there does Todd, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, they follow sharp betters, but they probably feel as if they're just as sharp with the information that they have as well. So I wouldn't think it would be inconceivable that not only do they want to have equal action on both sides, but maybe get a little uh, a piece of the pie on the side that they actually think is, is going to be a winner. Yeah, definitely. If, if you're thinking they want you to take a certain side and you're saying you, you go the other side on those ones because it kind of seems they want you to take that side, is that what you're saying? Yeah, they'll definitely yeah, well, you know that, Tom. so that they need the sharp side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've looked at numbers definitely. before and just said, how, how is this possible? And just for clarity, the Warriors are minus two tonight. Um, and they just got through playing, you know, Denver uh, earlier. So it, it's it, it was kind of a strange number to me. But uh, it's look, you got these. You can't tell me that. <laughs> I mean, when you're putting this number up, even if more so on a, I think on a side than a total, maybe. But I mean, there's some totals. I mean, there's some really low. I mean, we look at you know Fresno State and San Diego State tonight. I mean, I think that total's like one thirteen, one fourteen. And, and the first thing that jumped off was. Wow, they really want you to play the over on this, considering they just got through. And I realized, you know, it was an overtime game. They scored twenty-one in overtime to push the game over. But you know, both the teams, you know, San Diego State and Fresno State, it's not like they've been an under machine. And now the number set at one thirteen, that to me is telling me, well, they really want you on this over. Yeah, how is it usually, you know, over the years, would you say it's worked out better for you, um, you know, to go against what they want you to do? It's worked out better for me to go against what I think. See, years ago, Todd, you know, because, you know, I'm so independently rich that I'm doing this show right now, but... You they know, even afford all those lawn decorations. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, I got eighty dollars in lawn decorations that are now in my neighbor's yard <laughs> because uh, they've they've blown around. But um, you know, I mean, years ago, I said to myself, "Okay, I tried to be as logical as possible when handicapping games." And what does that mean? Well, that means if you know, I've hung out in enough sports books to know that when I hear people are talking about this team has done this six times in a row or seven times in a row uh, against another one, especially when we're talking about totals. If you have two teams that are going into a game that have a streak of overs together, you know, th- that number is going to be adjusted for that. And then the public's thinking, which is something you don't want to be on the side of and a lot of time. And it's not a, a straight contrarian uh, type thing, but 
you know, people will look at that number and they will say, I'm going to go over the total. And I will immediately look under the total because when I go to bet it, not only do I not like that number, but I also think that the number is going to get pushed up and I'm going to get a better number uh, come come game time. So that's kind of my thinking on it. And I look for obvious situations and, and then kind of try to go the opposite because I think that's really the key of, of handicapping. And, of course, it can't be just you know straight ahead, Todd, because – you know, you have injuries that also uh, factor into the number. But, it, you know, if there's not legitimate injuries that are going to push the number in each way, and I feel like the book is trying to push me in a direction or the odds makers or whoever is trying to push me in a direction, I almost will always go the other way. And that that's served me well. Yeah. No, it sounds like a good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> so now everybody's going to be uh, walking or driving around in Bentleys. Okay, uh, Todd, um, moving so on to – to go in the under on that game tonight. <laughs> uh, no, no, don't do that because, well, I've already bet it, but it's fine. <laughs> I just don't... I'm going to keep an eye on it. Yeah, just don't push it up as uh, anymore because I'll feel bad about the number I got. Uh, we're talking to uh, Todd Dewey, sports betting columnist for the RJ for Las Vegas Review Journal, and uh, Todd, talk a little bit about yesterday. Uh, we had some movement on the on the quarterback front, and how does that affect the numbers? Yeah, there was a big Super Bowl odds shuffle at the books uh, after Rogers, Aaron Rodgers returned to Green Bay. The news that he'd go back to Green Bay, and uh, that Seattle trade Russell Wilson to Denver, and. Packers moved up to from twelve to one to seven to one. Uh, co-favorites with the Bills now to win the Super Bowl and uh, Denver's odds. They had already dropped a little at books. Like people were betting them at the books, like they had already gotten you know Rogers or Wilson, and they dropped from thirty to one to fourteen to one. And now the Broncos are the third pick behind the Bills and Chiefs to win the AFC and. The Raiders uh, might have been hurt the most besides Seattle, of course. Their odds skyrocketed losing Russell Wilson, but the Raiders' odds also uh, shot up to win the Super Bowl since now the AFC West is arguably the toughest division in football with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson now. So big kind of shakeup there. Wilson's uh, MVP odds also dropped and – a lot, of, a lot of movement on the NFL front. I know stations also put up a prop on Wilson's touchdown passes, 36-and-a-half, and, a, half, and uh, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Carson Wentz going to Washington from the Colts. That really didn't move the needle. No, I moved it actually, back. Yeah, their odds actually got worse from 60-to-1 up to 75-to-1. Daniel Snyder's got to feel great about that. He, he's trying to make a big splash for his fan base, and then all of a sudden his odds get worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That was the first joke that came to mind when I saw that they got him. Mean, their odds going to be worse now. And uh, someone texted me, you know, that, that that move had happened. And then sure enough, yeah, I saw that they did. Uh, their odds did go higher. Hey, Todd, I want to... Of course, Deshaun Watson going somewhere could change things of uh, course. as well. He's probably yep. the last guy that could uh, really impact the odds. Is Pittsburgh still the front runner or have you heard other teams? I have no idea, really. Uh, but I know people, like I said, uh, there's been big big liabilities and bets on uh, the Steelers and the Titans around town. I think the Titans, because uh, apparently Aaron Rodgers bought a house there. There was rumors 
he wanted to move to Nashville, and so everyone just started betting like the Titans were going to get Rodgers. Uh, and, the, and the Steelers, uh, that might be the same case that they're hoping to get Watson. That's why a lot of people are betting the Steelers. I think they've gone from 100 to 60 to 1 at some spots. That's just hilarious to me. It's, some, some people on Twitter see that there's a rumor that Rodgers is going to buy a house. In ten, he may not have even sniffed at, uh, at uh, Tennessee as a state for a house. And, and yet, we, we, you know, what, somebody sends out a Twitter and then everybody runs to the books. That, that, <laughs> yep. I, I find that hilarious. Um, I, I'm going to go a little off the board uh, here, Todd, with you. UFC got a big boost. Uh, during COVID because all the other leagues shut down and UFC was still going. And and so people every Saturday afternoon into evening are turning into UFC and just wagering the heck out of it. Is is it still holding on to that boost that they got? How's the UFC doing now that the other sports have come back? Yeah, I know they have a, a really good, uh, you know, betting audience is definitely remained popular and especially on the big numbered events like they had uh, last weekend. Um, yeah, yeah, UFC is definitely still uh, very popular at the books, and uh, a lot of people like to, you know, take a shot on those big underdogs. Since not too many uh, UFC champs can, you know, stay undefeated or win every match. Well, that's why I've always looked at any fighting, boxing, UFC, whatever it is. I'm looking at the underdog. You you generally lay in a pretty you know, hefty price on the favorite. So if I think I got an underdog that can hang in there, uh, that that's the side I'm going to be on. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of people, handicappers will, will do that, take a bunch of different underdogs and just try to grind out a profit since there are so many dogs that come through. But, but you're right. They were the ones that when there was no sports on the board, a lot of people started betting on UFC and uh, have continued to do that. I don't know about, uh, the ping pong betting that that <laughs> became popular during the pandemic, if that's still uh, going. Although I, for a while it was still popular. Yeah, I could tell you, I'm still crushing it, Todd. I mean, it's uh, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really become my thing. It's I have ping pong inflatables out in front. Um, <laughs> uh, one last question I want to ask you about, of course, with Major League Baseball, uh, it's all it's so up in the air what's happening with them, but. You know, I'm a big proponent, and I love college baseball. I am so excited when college baseball starts. And is there going to be a time in in the not too distant future where where the books just say, "Look, we we have to have, and even if Major League Baseball comes back, we want to offer as much as possible." Do you foresee a day? where college baseball will be on the board, at least the major conferences, uh, and maybe maybe the Mountain West as well, where it's on the board like Major League Baseball is? On a daily basis, not just the College World Series, you mean? Well, we've seen some numbers already, um, you know, from various uh, various places. So, I mean, it, it is starting, and I see it on social media quite a bit that there is a, a push for college baseball. And, you know, we saw 25,000 people at the Texas game the other night. I mean, this, this uh, you know, level of baseball is certainly growing. And, of course, the Aviators are on the, are on the book, and, you know, that's a local team, so that makes sense. But, yeah. you know, they, got, they have to do something because – you know, if this thing, and I don't think it's going to, but if it drags for, say, uh, 
into like June, July, into the dead months where there's nothing else. Uh, and of course, college baseball is not going to be available at that point in time. But would they get more creative, say, with minor league baseball? Uh, I'm not sure. I really can't see it happen. To be honest, I'm sure they probably don't get much action on uh, on you know the minor yeah. league baseball yeah. right now. And but and the KBO baseball I, I betting went crazy. A, I just yeah. Well, that was during the pandemic, though, right? When there was nothing else going on. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. So in June, July, if we don't have, I mean, that would be the end of the NBA finals. If we don't have something else, uh, I guess if you're, you know, hanging on to NBA summer league or something like that, I mean, they're going to have to be creative. I, I don't think that they could just stay stagnant. I, I, and again, I, I'm naive about this. I don't know about soccer schedules and things like that, but you know, as far as the big four in America, uh, I would think they would do something to fill that gap, or, or maybe not. Just uh, start worrying about football and start promoting that. I, I'm, yeah, I only, sure. I only bring this up, Todd, because I want this to happen. <laughs> that's all. That's the only reason why I bring it up. Well, I'm sure if you go talk to those guys at the books, they'll put it up for you, Dana. But no, we just talked about those sports they put up during the pandemic, and they need content to bet on, so they'll put up whatever they think they'll get action on to give customers uh, plenty of options and sure I'm, I'm sure i could see them putting that, all that stuff on the board if there was nothing else to put up i just don't i just think it's kind of niche and i I don't, I don't think it'll really become that popular but but i'm sure they could, they would be happy to put it up if there was nothing else to uh fill the void and and uh, no more content yeah well todd um i appreciate you uh including me every year in the college football contest and uh, we've had a great relationship over the years, and I definitely appreciate you coming on. No, thank you, Dana, for all the, the contributions to Review Journal, for all your help, and uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, enjoy those holidays. Inflatables. <laughs> I know. It's, you can <laughs> you wait till Easter. It's going to be out of control. There's Todd Dewey from uh, Sports Betting, columnist from the Las Vegas Review Journal. We appreciate him coming on for a few, and we'll be back to talk to Josh Criswell, the beat writer for Wyoming Basketball. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro and I'm hosting my new show, Pushing the Limits, right here on KSHP starting Monday, February 21st. 
noon to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday. Listen, it's a show like no other in the Valley. We're covering it all here. Local and national sports. Of course, the Raiders, the Knights, Aces, UNLV, and more. I'll bring you some of the biggest names on the planet when it comes to entertainment. I'll also cover big local news stories that affect you and even sprinkle a little politics into the equation. Find another show that does all that. And I'm not afraid to cover anything that matters. But here's the best part. I've always done this throughout my career, and I'm going to continue to do it. Push New Limits will be the most interactive show in town. I'll always give our listeners an opportunity to sound off. So please join me starting February 21st, noon to 2 p.m., Monday through Friday, right here on KSHP. Find out how I push the limits every day. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous Steak Bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the Fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree. Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles game day giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit Terribles.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HD TVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. All right, back to Sportsbook Radio. Just giving an update on college basketball, what's happening right now, Michigan and Indiana. Indiana's got a five-point lead with 1.20 to go in the game. Syracuse and Duke tied up at 55 with 13.29 last. And what's uh, Texas got an 18-point lead over TCU at halftime. Not going through every one. East- ah! 
once. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did I tell you? No, no it's fine. Oh, okay, because I didn't want to pull a Brian. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't care about that. So, Brian did. I don't. I, I'm telling you, I am so programmed to not say anything because Brian was so. Don't tell me. I yeah, yeah. I, I've told you the story a hundred times how he got mad at me about telling him about a first quarter preseason Buffalo Bills game as you know the same the same the, the same thing happened to me one time so then I never ever ever brought it up no nope. you know, any scores again I'm Texas talking. A&M 16 point lead with 10 and a half left and of course uh the Mountain West Conference tournament will get underway soon Nevada will take on Boise State and then later uh, UNLV will get off um, get on their first game against Wyoming. Uh, speaking of Wyoming, we have Josh Criswell, the beat writer for the Tribune Eagle, and Laramie Boomerang uh, covering the Wyoming Cowboys. Uh, they play today at two thirty at the Thomas and Mac. And, and Josh, you know, right off the bat, I mean, you have to look at the last game that these two teams have played that they they played at the Thomas and Mac, which hasn't been friendly to Wyoming. But there's a lot of factors there that have to make you or at least give you some confidence going into today's game. Yeah, you know, it's going to be an interesting one. I think the biggest thing that stands out looking back at the last game is one on the defensive end. You know, they were able to, even in a loss, hold Bryce Hamilton to one of his least efficient games of the season. Obviously, Royce Hand and Justin Webster kind of killed him a little bit in the role positions. But, you know, I think Wyoming has to feel good about its chances. You know, one of Graham E.K.'s worst performances of the Cowboys last time they played UNLV. And as a team, their lowest points per possession of the season. And like I said, I mean, still right there, finished, I think, lost it by seven. So if they played that bad in that game, this time they'll have a little bit of rest. I think they have to feel good about their chances. But pretty interesting, too. I mean, from uh, the standpoint of of, – uh, Jeff Linder, they they were going to double team Bryce Hamilton anytime he had the ball, but we saw in the first half that UNLV had no pl- no problem playing EK straight up underneath, and it just didn't allow that you know that left handed left hand move to the basket. And even we've seen in the last three games, field goal percentage under fifty percent. Is there something teams are doing, or is it just he's not he, the shots just aren't falling for him right now? Yeah, you know, I think it's a mix of factors. I think one of it, you know, early in the season and really up until midway through conference play, I think has the highest usage rate of any post player in the country. So I think a little bit of it might be just the wear and tear of the season. And then also another thing is something that was really big about EK's efficiency early on is his ability to get to the foul line. And for whatever reason, you know, he hasn't been playing any different or less aggressive, but those fouls really just haven't been coming the last few weeks. So, you know, a lot of those missed shots in earlier games were probably trips to the line to shoot too. But I think in that UNLV game and one other down in his home stretch, I mean, this is a guy that led the country in fouls drawn for 40 minutes at one point. He went to the line just once in both of those games. Is he tiring uh, as the season goes on? I mean, he, he's a big guy. He looks like he's in pretty good shape. But uh, a lack of field goal efficiency would tell me you know, perhaps there is some fatigue. Is that something that's come up, or am I just making that up? No, I mean, it's definitely a valid point. I, I would say it's definitely, you know, maybe something they've taken into uh, consideration as of late. I've noticed them bringing him out of games, even when he's not in South, just to get him a little bit of breather more often early in the game. You know, it's something that CSU does with David Arati from time to time. And so I've noticed them do a little bit more of that, but – yeah, there's no question. You know, like I said, he had one of the highest usage rates in the entire country and the highest among all post players at one point this year. So 
there's no doubt that that takes its toll in some form or fashion. I think for the Cowboys, the thing they're hoping is, you know, the way that these Mountain West schedules got so crazy with the COVID cancellations and everything kind of getting crammed together, I think for them, they're just hoping that he can get a couple of days off and kind of get back to his old self. Josh, I'm sure you're right. It would have been way better for the show if you'd have just said Dana's making it up. That that would have been that would have been much much more entertaining. Hey, I, Lindor has done a fantastic job up there this year, in my opinion. Uh, talk, give, give us a little more about him. I mean, I I just think that the, the this year's coaching by him. It, that if you look up Bubble Team in the encyclopedia, you're going to see the Wyoming Cowboys logo. I don't think anyone even thought they would be close to a Bubble Team. No, not at all, and I think there's a couple of things that go along with it. You know, one of the first things is recruiting. Graham E.K. is a guy that, you know, he recruited to northern Colorado and brought him along with him. Uh, you know, same thing with Xavier Ducell, Drake Jeffries, their, you know, star three-point shooters, another guy that he brought in that first class. So I think a lot of it's finding those right guys and really just adapting to his players. You know, you see it a lot of times in college basketball. Coaches just get hard-headed and want to run the same thing time and time again, regardless of who's on the team. And that's not what he does. You know, they're a very different team. Last season, this year, they play almost exclusively out of the post. And I think they've found a way and kind of realized that when you have a 6-7 point guard in Hunter Maldonado, you're going to have a mismatch down there almost every time up the court. That's another guy I was going to ask you about. Maldonado, just fantastic. 18.5 points uh, per game, six rebounds and six and a half assists. This guy, I don't know that the country knows, you know, all, all that he is. He's just a fantastic player. Yeah, no, he, he's been a fun one to watch and uh, really impressive just how he's kind of closed out this year. You know, I think at UNLV took a hit to the eye early in that game and yeah, really first half. one work. Yeah, one work and eye. And I think he scored all 22 of his points after that happened and then had a little bit of issues, you know, in the season finale. He didn't score a point until about 70 seconds left in regulation. Still finished with 10 and helped him pull out the win. So, you know, it's been exciting to watch him. He's a senior, still has potentially one more season to come back and play at Wyoming. But, you know, I couldn't think of a better way to go out than an NCAA tournament run. Yeah, the Wyoming Cowboys come into this game obviously on a a lengthy losing streak, to say the least, at the Thomas and Mack. Is there something there? Um, Is there a reason for that? I mean, UNLV hasn't, you know, hasn't been up, you know, the whole time. I mean, there has been ups and downs in the program, obviously. You know, is there a reason why Wyoming just can't get over the hump in Las Vegas? Yeah, you know, it's it's a good question. I don't really have the answer for you. I guess it's just been a tough trip for them, and I think a big factor of it has been is that, you know, Wyoming really hasn't been that good as of late, you know, especially these last few seasons. You know, I think three straight losing records in Mountain West play. So, you know, I think it's a, a little bit of a combination of maybe it's just a tough trip for them for whatever reason. And then I guess the other one would be, uh, you know, just them not uh, being at the level they've been at this year that much in the past. Well, when you're around the, th- the team, though, when they travel to Vegas, uh, I mean, it's a – even a longer trip to go to San Diego State. I mean, is there a different feel to the team? Like when you're around them, can you feel, uh, literally feel levels of confidence be, go up and go down depending on where they're going and, you know, what they, you know, how they performed in their last game? Like, so when they go to Vegas, is there kind of that sense of, uh oh, or, uh, you know, when they go to San Diego State, do they have the same uh, kind of feel to the team uh, on that trip as well? Yeah, you know, I think there's just a couple of really tough road trips, and you see it in the Mountain West, you know, for whatever reason it may be, it seems like teams really kind of 
tend to struggle on the road no matter how good they are. You know, Colorado State obviously had some struggles, uh, you know, down here in Las Vegas as well this year. But it's uh, it's tough to say. You know, this is my first year covering the team, so it was only the one road trip out here. So I couldn't give you too much on, on previous seasons. But I just know the one thing they talk a lot about is just kind of the tough nature of the Mountain West. And, you know, even whenever teams aren't great, it's tough to win on the road in this league. Well, Josh, I, I noticed that your writing is so much better at home than it is on the road, and I just wondered if <laughs> if you if you like those road trips. I mean, do you like coming to Vegas and you you love this atmosphere? And as you said, this is the first time you've been covering it here. Uh, I mean, you know, from a writer's standpoint, are you excited about you know coming here? I mean, it's been at the Pepsi Center for it was there before, and then the Mountain West just you know discovered that was a huge mistake, and it's been here for the majority of the time, but but. You have to think at the end of the schedule, you're like, oh, well, I get to go to Vegas, and I don't know how many times you've been here, but it's, it's you know, especially when UNLV goes a little bit deeper into the tournament, I mean, it is a terrific atmosphere for this conference tournament. No, I'm really excited for it. I've been out to Vegas a few times, but this is my first time being out here, actually, for this weekend, which, in my opinion, is the best weekend to be in Vegas out of the entire March Madness. Yeah. You know, obviously, the tournament gets all the hype, but... You've got over 100 games going on this week, you know, before selection Sunday. So I got in on Tuesday. The girls' team ended up losing, so I had nothing to do but, you know, hang in the sports book and watch some games the past two days. So it's uh, it's an awesome time, and I'm glad to be down here for it. Hey, Josh, I, not only do you cover the Cowboys, you, you've got a betting podcast going. Um, and, and I think, is it just mid-majors that, that, that you do? Of course, we're all about anything betting here. So, so I want to ask you, what, what do you do with the podcast? And I want to specifically ask you, uh, Dana just told me that I'm getting crushed. I got TCU plus five and a half. Can, can, can I get it back with Sac State plus ten and a half? That's my other play today. You know, I, I was looking at Sac State, and I don't love that one. I stayed off the Hornets. But no, with the, with the podcast, it's a, we focus a lot on FCS football. Uh, that's kind of in our wheelhouse. A lot, uh, all three of us that host it, you know, used to cover FCS in some capacity. And then, whenever it's not football season, obviously we get we dive into the mid majors a lot. We got a hoops analyst and all that kind of good stuff. So it's it's a good time. Make sure to give us a follow at uh, bet underscore FCS. We've had a little bit of a wolf to start off the off season, but we're going to come back with a big March Madness uh, special once I get done with my work here in Vegas. Well, to make Stevie happy, we'll we'll uh, uh, let him know that TCU is now within fourteen after a good start to the second. So half. you're saying was, I got a shot? You got a shot <laughs> for sure. Uh, we're talking to Josh Criswell, the beat writer for the Tribune Eagle and Laramie Boomerang, uh, talking about today's UNLV and Wyoming matchup. And uh, Jeff, there was in addition to uh, the last that last meeting, we talk about how they defended Ek, but. Uh, there was also times in the game in the first half and the second half where there was long scoring droughts, not just by Wyoming, but UNLV as well. So you talk about how the team might not be, uh, you know, I mean, you know, mentally between the years, they might be not excited to play UNLV, but there was a lot of things to point to that they can say, hey, if we just don't do this, we got a shot of coming out here uh, out of this game with a W. Yeah, most definitely. And, I mean, if you're Wyoming, you have to think, especially given some of the teams that have lost, you know, Wake Forest, uh, the other one slipping my mind that dropped another game on the bubble. But for Wyoming, you have to think this is a must-win game, and that must-win game can probably get you into the tournament. But, like you said, a lot of, a lot of good things to take away from it and feel good about despite the loss. I think 
You mentioned the scoring droughts. That might be the biggest key for Wyoming. They've been prone to scoring droughts during this three and four stretch to close out the regular season. So if they start falling into slumps and Bryce Hamilton gets cooking, they could be in trouble. The uh, the UNLV opened a, a one point. Uh, I'm sorry, the Cowboys opened a one point favorite in this game today, and and now it's one and a half the other way. And you know, Josh, you've got a betting podcast. When 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 all the money goes one way, it's looking good for the other side. You you feel pretty good about today's game? Yeah, I do. I think for Wyoming, kind of like I alluded to earlier, you know, arguably their worst offensive performance of the season. And if they can do that and stay close, you know, within striking distance down to the final minute, I really like their chances, especially, you know, if they're getting any type of points or if it's within one point. You know, I like Wyoming's chances. And I think in general, uh, just for the betters out there, I think this could be an interesting one to get some action on. Because I don't think either team's going to run away with it. So either way you bet on it, you should be able to – have an interesting one down there to the wire. Talk about recruiting in Wyoming, and, and I've been up to Laramie for games, and you know it, it's a fun atmosphere for sure. I mean, it is. Uh, every other song's a country song. I think you used to have a guy running around wearing nothing but a barrel, uh, but it's exactly what you would want out of a Wyoming Cowboy basketball game. You know, talk about recruiting up there, and talk about you know you've had some really good players up there. Not only good players, but really good big men as well, and. and explain what the what the theory or uh, what the process is of getting a guy like Maldonado there or getting a guy like EK there who really could turn your uh, you know program around and of course with 22 wins this year you guys have uh, have certainly done that but uh, it, is it difficult to and not to you know say anything negative but you know it's in the middle of nowhere as you know it would be to recruit in Montana or you know at Montana State but you've but your program has managed to overcome that you know talk about how they do that and what you ca- what you have coming up as far as recruits coming in yeah you know i, I think a big part of it and especially in basketball is in basketball compared to football it's a lot easier to I would say field a competitive basketball recruiting class just because there's only five spots on the floor as opposed to 22. In football, you see them pretty consistently in the bottom third of the league. But with Wyoming, it helps them a lot. I think, you know, Colorado in general just has a pretty solid high school basketball scene. And both Maldonado and EK were both underrated guys out of there. I mean, Maldonado wanted to go play at Air Force and they didn't offer him. And then Graham E.K. was a guy that was overlooked and going to go to northern Colorado until Jeff Linder got the job at Wyoming. So I think a big part of it is just finding those hidden gems, you know, taking as much as you can from Colorado. And right now, you know, the biggest thing I hear from everybody that commits to Wyoming is just the opportunity to play for Jeff Linder, I think. You know, recruits see that he's kind of one of the rising, you know, top young minds in college basketball, and I think that in itself is a big draw to the Cowboys. Hey, flipping it to the football, Josh, how how, how did Josh Allen get up there? What what was the sell on him? I mean, he and and, and tell and tell me a little bit about him up there at Wyoming. I I watched him. He and it doesn't surprise me his his uh, progression here in, in Buffalo in the NFL. I I can't put you know, he's obviously got a fantastic arm. I've I've seen him throw, you know, bullets that are like 10 feet off the ground and and he can throw them the length of the field. He doesn't need to get a lot of arc. He's got enough strength in the arm. But he just knows how to win football games. Yeah, I mean, that's something you saw at Wyoming the one time ever that they've been to the Mountain West title game was when Josh Allen led him there and you know, the big thing with him that was able to get Wyoming to grab him is no one else really wanted him. You know, I think he had two D1 offers. 
Um, you know, even his hometown of Fresno State, I don't think, wanted him. So it was one of those deals where Craig Bull found a hidden gem from a California junior college, and he uh, kind of just struck lucky with it. And, you know, obviously there are a lot of signs, but, you know, there are things, you know, whether it was finally beating Boise State or getting to the Mountain West title game or just, you know, seeing him sling the ball 70 yards on a rope. You know, there you always saw those signs. It was kind of one of those players that you knew whenever – he got guys around him that were as talented as he is. You knew he was going to excel. So I don't think anyone in Wyoming would be surprised at all to see what he's done in the NFL. All right, so give me a final score today. We're not that far away from tip-off, a couple hours uh, away from tip-off. Give me a final score uh, from today's UNLV and Wyoming game. Yeah, I think it'll uh, be a close one down to the wire, and I'll say uh, the Cowboys will win it 65-61. Well, that's crazy. That, that, that's crazy, Josh. I mean, that's that's. We were. I was just trying to set you up to say UNLV, but of course you didn't take the bait. We appreciate that, Josh. I appreciate you coming on, Josh. Uh, Chris Well, beat writer for the Tribune Eagle and Laramie Boomerang, also covering has, has a betting podcast. You just want to tell everybody how they can once again get on your betting po- podcast. Yeah, we're on, you know, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we're on there. And just go on Twitter, go to bet underscore FCS and follow us there for all our latest content. We've been off for a couple of weeks now after the FCS season, but we're going to have a big March Madness special as soon as I get done here covering the Cowboys in Vegas. So make sure to give us a follow. Yeah, fantastic. I appreciate you coming on, Josh. All the best today and all the best next year as well. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, there goes Josh Criswell from the Tribune Eagle and Laramie Boomerang. I mean, would you, if I was writing for a paper up there, uh-huh. it would have to be for the Boomerang. Yeah, the Boomerang. I mean, I, I, again, it's, it's part of what I do is research these newspapers for, for, for injuries. I always thought that that was an interesting name for, for a newspaper. Best. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So my, my um, history, I should say, going up to Laramie, Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interesting because I actually traveled with the UNLV basketball team. We flew up there for, for that game. Um, and that whole area up there, and when I say it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I know it is. I mean, it's. The, <laughs> I think, and I don't know if this is still true, the football stadium is actually the tallest building in, in Laramie. I don't know if that's still true, but it's but it's great too. It's a really good atmosphere. Uh, you know, when I tell you there's a guy running around with just a barrel on, uh, th- that's exactly what's happening. I'm not kidding about that. The other thing that would make it tr- tough to recruit, in my opinion, and I think your body gets used to this, but initially your chest is going to burn like hell up there because of the thin air. When you know when you're running around playing football, basketball, I mean it it eats your insides up initially. I, th- I think you probably get used to it, but. On your first recruiting trip, I I don't know if I'd think about going back. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And not to, you know, when you ask these questions, you know, you don't want to come across as if you're, you know, saying something bad about somebody else's city because I I couldn't stand it when somebody had no clue about what we were and what we could be as a hockey town. But, you know, the truth of the matter is it's easier to recruit in San Diego and it's easier to recruit, you know, than it is in Laramie. So, I, I really do give them a lot of credit yeah. because they're in a better spot right now than, than maybe UNLV is, even though UNLV is coming on on fast. Uh, we've had some, you know, some uh, some puddles for sure, but they've done a fantastic job, and you have to give that coaching staff a lot of credit. Agreed. 
All right, that's it for the first hour. We'll be back with Vegas Hockey Hotline. A ton to get into, and we'll do that with Nick Alberga from NHL, uh, NHL Radio Network and NHL TV.